Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. You hear me good, loud and clear? Sometimes these things kind of bug me, but we're going to try it, you know? <laughs> Should I push it closer? Okay. Is it too loose? See, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. And thank you. Oh, you take good care of me. We stand in awe of his name, don't we? He is a great, we kept singing that this morning, he is great, he is great. This God who holds the universe from the tip of his finger to his thumb. He, and the same God that does holds us in tenderly close to our hearts. It's just, blows me away. It's just so incredible. And so I'm so honored to be here with you this morning. And I, as I was preparing for this, sorry, excuse me, I spilled water all over myself before I came up here. So <laughs> keeps me humble, you know. <laughs> So, uh, as I was preparing for this message, I really sensed the Lord saying that he's pouring out grace on you. And this grace that I sensed, it was like oil. Now, I usually don't think of grace as oil. I usually think of the Holy Spirit as oil. But I saw this on you as individuals and then also as a church family here in Newport, that he was pouring out grace. Now, you say, yeah, 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 I've heard about grace, but I'm telling you. There's a revelation of grace that God wants to give. It's an incredibly empowering word. And God is going to be pouring that out as you contend individually and as a church family, as you contend for your families, contend for revival. It's going to be, you know, what, what does oil do? It permeates. It makes things flexible. It just, it gives, it gives, it lubricates it. And this is, I sense as we're contending, it's going to come from an incredible place of grace. And it's going to be, it's going to oil. It's going to be like oil. And it's not going to be striving, but it's going to come from a credible place of rest in his faith. But before we, we're going to, we're going to have an impartation of that because I saw it so clearly in my, my spirit that that's what he wants to pour out upon us this morning. Before that, I, I want us to look into at a, 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 a story in the Old Testament. And I, I, someone told me this years ago, and I just really, I just, it resonated with me. I don't ever go into the Old Testament without taking Jesus with me. I take Jesus, the, re the crucified, resurrected, new covenant Jesus into the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, they fought battles. It was a physical battles, you know. But in those scriptures, in the New Testament, it says, no, we don't fight against flesh and blood. It was an eye for an eye. And Jesus said, oh, I come with a different way. I want you to bless your enemies. I want you to love your enemies. And so we take Jesus with us when we go into the Old Testament from this side of the cross. And so we're going to look at the story of Jacob this morning. In Genesis 32, you can open your scriptures or, of course, on, on your phones. I'm still a bit old-fashioned. I like the paper here. But uh, so Genesis 32 and what, what? Oh, that was my water. <laughs> I'm having problems with my water this morning, aren't I? Genesis 30, 32, the story of Jacob. And many of you know this story. This is, this, this, Jacob is in transition right now. If you remember the story, Jacob deceived Esau, his brother, and stole his, he deceived him of his birthright. And Esau was so angry. There was a deception in, David's, in, in Jacob's heart. And so Jacob flees to his uncle Laban 
I'm just giving you a background here. He flees to his uncle Laban, and he works for uncle Laban for 20 years. So now Jacob is in transition, and he's ready to go back to his hometown again. And he don't know what's gonna, he's going to meet with Esau, but he hears that Esau is coming with 400 men. And so Jacob panics. And he takes all his people, his whole entire family and all his herds. He was a wealthy man. And he divided them in two. And then he sent his family across the river. And then this is what it says in Genesis 32, verse 24. Now, the thing before I go on, I want you to know that Jacob was known to be a deceiver. In fact, some translations say he was an ambitious deceiver. Looked good on the outside, awesome man of God. But there was something there. There was an ambitious deceiver. And so the scripture says in Genesis 32, as he was sent his family, verse 24, I'm reading from the Amplified, then Jacob was left alone. Then Jacob was left alone. Just Jacob and God. No props. Just Jacob and God. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, some people say, who was that that wrestled with Jacob? And I, I, don't, I don't know totally, but if you read Hosea, the prophet Hosea, and Hosea 12.4 said, he was speaking of Jacob, and he said, he wrestled with the angel and, he, and prevailed. He, swept and, he wept and pleads for a blessing from him. There at Bethel, he met God face to face, and God spoke to him. Many Bible scholars think it was the pre-incarnate Christ. It was God himself that was wrestling with Jacob. And this is what happened when he was wrestling with Jacob. And when the man saw he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow, the socket of his, the socket of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. And the man asked, what is your name? And I'm reading from the Amplified. And in shock of realization, in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob. And when he said, Jacob, he said, I'm a deceiver, because that's what his name meant, trickster. I'm a trickster. I'm a deceiver. I might look good on the outside, but that's, I am Jacob. God knew him. God knew what was inside of Jacob, didn't he? But God wanted a response. God wanted him to respond and say, Jacob, I love you. And I'm a jealous God. I'm a consuming fire. I burn with desire to love on you. And if there's things in our lives, God just says, look, I want to get at that stuff. So let's be vulnerable. And so the scripture says that Jacob said to God, yep, I know this is who I am. You know, when we go through some really hard times, and we all do, transitions, changes, challenges, the wilderness, the dark night of the soul, that is when many, many times, more than not, we hate those things. We run from them. But more than that, not, that's when God is really doing a powerful work in our lives. I've experienced it on my own life, and it's whether we, he's calling our name. And he's saying, listen, guys, I want you to be authentic. I want you to be real. You don't have to fake it till you make it. I want, some, I want to do some authentic work of Psalms 51. It says that the psalmist says he desires truthfulness in the innermost being. He desires, he says, come on. He says, come into the hidden parts of me, Lord. You're, you're good. You're faithful. Because it's in these places 
that God is working out our self-sufficiency, our striving, our self-efforts. He's touching them. That's, that, that stuff, that control, those things that we hold on to, in these places of vulnerability, if we will humble ourselves and not fake it till we make it, but will allow the Holy Spirit to reveal our hearts, those offenses that we have picked up. Oh, my goodness, brothers and sisters. He is a good God, and he so desires to bring us into union with him in a place where we walk in freedom and love. And, and as the prophetic word said, that repentance is not something that we're, we're self-effort or trying hard at. He is a good, good God. In these times, that alone with God, we confess our true motives. Don't be afraid of hard times. Don't be afraid. You want, it, you, it'll pass. Don't be afraid of transitions. Don't be afraid of changes. It's usually when I've gone through this stuff, God has revealed motives in my heart, Laverne. And he says it in a credible, gentle way. Sometimes a little bit louder. He says, Laverne, you're looking for approval of man, aren't you? You want people to approve you. Don't you know I love you and I approve you because of the cross? You don't need to strive to get approved by people. You don't need to compare yourself. It's in those deep places, but we, it's a place that we're alone with God and we no longer can keep busy in our own distraction, distracted world, but we're allowed, allowing God to be, go deep and be vulnerable in our lives. So the Lord touches Jacob's thigh, and that word really means his strength. Jacob's strength. I can do this. We can, we can make this go. We can do this. And God touches his thigh. These are areas of self-promotion, self-reliance, self-efforts, self-preserving, areas of religiosity, control, and on. It's that self-stuff that God is like, okay, no, it's, it's going to be me. It's going to be Christ in you, Christ in me, not our own self-stuff, our self-efforts, our strivings. Even in our contending, it can't be striving. It has to come from a credible place of that Christ is doing the work. And you know, it's so interesting. This, this word I looked up in the Strong's Concordance, it wasn't just a little love tap. <laughs> the, 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 he didn't just go, yep, okay, buddy. It said, it said that this tap was in, in the Strong's Concordance. It said that it was that which was to lay your hand upon. And in fact, it, it, was, it said it even had a sense of violence to it. Now, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God never, ever does anything except for his intention is love toward us. His intention is love and restoration. That's who he is. That's the very core of his being, and it is to love. His intentions are love for us, no matter if we don't understand his hand or what he's doing. We know his heart. Oh, you, you've, yeah, yes, this is, this is your heart, God. Don't, don't get it. Don't make sense to me, but I know your heart. And you love me. And you want to work in me. And you want to work out this stuff out of me. And so it's, it's really, it's the Holy Spirit's refiner's fire. <laughs> it's, it's powerful. Because we know we're loved. And so from now on, Jacob would say, as he walked with a limp, he would say, no longer my strength. I don't have to fake it to me. I don't have to look good to other people. It's your strength flowing through me, Lord. It's you. I no longer can live on my own strength. Paul wrote to the, the, to the, the no, I guess it was to the uh, Galatian church, Galatians 2.20, and he said this, 
I am in crucified with Christ. It is not I who live. It's not, put your name in there. It is not I. It's not Laverne who lives. But Christ lives in me. Paul wrote to the, to the Colossian church, and he said, this is the secret. This is the secret. Christ lives in us. <laughs> That's incredible. And he goes on to say, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live now, that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. We're just going to take some time here, just for a minute. I want you to sit with that. I want you to pause with, this is it. It's no longer us trying harder and striving to be these wonderful Christian people. To fake it till we make it or just look good or compare it. It is Christ in us. We are crucified with Christ. And it's not us, but Christ living in us. Coming into that place. I would just like us to take a moment. Just, just settle in. <laughs> Close your eyes. Receive that. See, see his love just within you. Just poured in with, within you. And see that it is Christ that lives in us. The kingdom of God is within us, brothers and sisters. And, and Jesus said that. He goes, listen, guys, the kingdom of God is within you. But they wanted to build something. They wanted to build something they could see. And Jesus said, oh, uh, don't you get it? The kingdom of God, I'm going to build my kingdom through people. I'm going to build my people. I'm going to live in people. And I, every step we take is going to be a place where Christ lives in us. His kingdom is within. He's the rule of God. We're aware of that. Wherever we go. Today, today Larry and I are going down to Downingtown to visit our grand, grandsons. The birthday party. We have a bat base. We have a basketball game. There's Super Bowl tonight. You know, it's just, it's Christ in us. We don't leave Christ at the door when I go to the basketball game. Yes, he is on the throne, but he lives within us. And so we take him with us into that basketball game. And we're aware and surrendered. Oh, yes, Lord. Not my will, but your will. Your strength flowing through me. You live in and through me. I tell you, it brings us into a credible place of freedom. And in union. This is, what, this is, what, this is union with God. This place. We are crucified with Christ. Not us, but Christ lives in us. Meditate that, that on that this week as you're driving down the road, as you walk into the store, as you walk into work. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm telling you, it takes away for me, it takes away the comparison. Because I'll walk into a place, I'm crucified with Christ. Jesus, you live through me. So I don't have to, I don't have to pretend, I don't have to perform. It's Christ living in us, in each one of us. It's just a powerful thing. It's the kingdom of God within us. And so let's go on to, read. let's keep reading Genesis 32. Back to Genesis 32. Let's go down to 28. And I'm also, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified again. And he said, this is God. He said, your name shall be no more Jacob. <laughs> no more Jacob. No more deceiver. Yeah. <laughs> but Israel, prince with God. For you have contended and you have power with God. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, the face of God, saying, For I've seen God face to face, and my life is spared. And as he passed Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he was limping because of his thigh. 
Now, I don't know if he lived the rest of his life. Let me tell you, he was vulnerable before God. God was wanting to do a deep work in him. And he was left alone with God, and he was vulnerable, and he persevered. He desired to see God. He desired to, to, to actually have a blessing from God. And in that place, God changed his destiny, his identity, and his, and, and, and his journey from a deceiver to a receiver. And that's what we're, we're receivers this morning. We bless him, we glorify him, and we receive. And this thigh, and again, I don't know if he did that the rest of his life, walked out, but I'm telling you, when he walked out, I said when that sun came up, and he walked out that town, that pineal, he, that next step was different. <laughs> that next step was different. His walk was altered because he had met God. He had wrestled with God, so to speak, and he let go of the self-promotions, the self-efforts, the performance, the striving. He let that go. And from now on, every time he limped, it was like, Lord, you're in me, Christ in me. You're doing the work in me, Lord. This is, this is not about me. This is you doing the work in and through me. It's a powerful place to be. It's a place of union where we let go of our self-efforts and our pretense. Because <laughs> God, God God, God's so after that authenticity in our lives, that realness in our lives. And in that place, if we will allow God to be vulnerable in our lives, he will change our names. We might walk with a limp. Not a physical limp, but a place where we say, I can't, but you can and you will. Thank you. I can do nothing without you. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm the vine. And he's saying to each one of us here this morning, I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in me. He didn't say, uh, strive to get in there. He just said, I've done this transforming work in your life. Now just remain in me. And I in you. That's union. Right, Maria? Christ in me. Christ in you. And us in Christ. It's just incredible. And so he says, they remain in me. And he said, you will bear fruit. And then this is what he said. Without me, you can do nothing. Oh, no, a little bit. When I go to the basketball game, I can, I can, do, I, I can do my own thing. You know. No, without... I, I can do nothing because he lives within us. And every step we take is we are surrendered to his presence, his love. And so we can do nothing. Everything I do, come. Everything you do as we walk in this credible place of God just touching our thighs and getting rid of just the self stuff, it comes, the control is gone, our control. And he is in control. We'll never come into intimacy with God if we are in control. Even in little areas, that's what he's after. God is after union, this place of union, this place of intimacy with God. And I think I said this last summer when I, was, I spoke here, this word with intimacy, you break it down, it's in to me. See? That's intimacy, where we are, we are not pretending with God. God knows it anyhow, but, oh, he so longs for us to be real and whole with him and vulnerable with him. Where we, that he can change our names because we said, yes, this, yep, yep, yes. Many times I said, yes, Lord, I am, I am filled with so-and-so insecurity because I want to look good. 
and I, this, you know, and on and on and on. And the Lord says, oh, I want to change your name. Will you? Yes, you, I, I see it. I know it's there, Laverne. Just let it go. And in that place, we come into a credible place of union. We allow him to look in. David said, you, he, David said, you can look into me. David said, you know, search my heart. See if there be anything offensive. Because he knew God was a good father. So he wasn't afraid to let him in. It's in this place that our identity, is our identity is in him. Our identity becomes so one with him. In this place, he changes our name. In this place, we desire him more than the blessing. Now, let me tell you, God didn't scold. God didn't scold Jacob to ask for the blessing. Jacob wanted a blessing. God didn't scold him. It was okay. He wanted a blessing. I want a blessing. But you know what? There was a man many years later. His name was Moses. And Moses said to God, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. If your presence doesn't go. And God said, I'll go with you. So God promised him, I'll go with you. That was the blessing. That was the promise. But Moses wanted more. <laughs> he wanted more than just the blessing, didn't he, Merle? He wanted the glory, the beauty of God. He said, show me your glory. I, I, okay, the blessings are good, but I want to know who you are, God. I want to know who you are. I want to stand in awe of who you are. I want to experience the beauty of who you are. And Jesus said, okay, the scripture says Jesus, that uh, God said, hide, I'm going to hide, in, hide you in the cleft of the rock. And he hid in the cleft of the rock. And do you know what passed for him, before him? A God that was loving kindness. It said he was loving kindness, compassionate, gracious, abounding in loving kindness, slow to anger, powerful. That we would know him and walk in union with him. And that we would receive grace to walk in this place. This isn't about gritting our teeth and working harder. This is letting go. Letting go of the control in our lives, those areas in our lives that we are willing to be alone with God and let him chuck our motives because he's good. He's not out to get us. He sees the things and he's calling us. He's saying, honey, I, my child, just will you let go of that? Will you trust me? Will you allow my grace to come in? When you're, 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 when you're, you have the chaotic, hectic lifestyles, when we're contending for, some, some, for something, can, will you allow his grace to come in and just lubricate and fill you and surround you? The, the, John, in John 1, 16, it says, For of his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Re, there's the word received, right? For of his fullness... We have received grace. There's no limit to that. Grace upon grace is progressive. And God, this morning, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to release grace, a revelation of grace, that you can taste it, that you and I will live it, that we'll breathe this place of grace. And I'm not going to do a teaching on grace, but you know the grace means it's an undeserved, an unearned gift. It's a favor. It's who God is. You know, we can, it's not by works, but by grace, Amen. through faith that we're saved. There's just nothing you can do to earn this favor that God wants to pour upon us. It's, it's a powerful word. You know, in fact, the Strong's Concordance says, said of grace, it says, that which brings delight, joy, and sweetness. There's something incredibly powerful about living and breathing grace and walking in that place 
that his grace is within us, his kingdom is within us, his presence is within us. Paul wrote to the, the letters. I, I looked it up this week. I was like, I know he said grace a lot, but I looked it up almost every letter. He started with grace and peace, grace and peace. Now, it wasn't just a little greeting. What he was saying to the church is, come on, guys, there's favor on your lives. Let me tell you, it's not by your works, it's not by your might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. It is by grace, grace, and it's, it's speaking. You know, we often say, so we go through a hard time and we go, grace, grace. But really what we're saying is, I'm letting go. I'm letting go of the control. I can't fix this. It's far greater. And it doesn't mean we, that we're stupid, don't use our minds. Of course not. But it was like, no, in our, we let go. We, don't, we cannot fix this. Lord, we're saying, you, you, God, are the ones going to work this out. Grace, grace. So we say to each other, there is a powerful thing as you're saying that. You know, in the law, we need to perform. But in grace, it's God's presence that is released to us to do what only he can do. Ah, oh, just sets us free. If we can walk into that place, I can do nothing without him. Christ lives within me. If we always feel that we have to strive, and I, you, I notice I use the word always, that we have to strive to earn God's favor, or that we never feel good enough, we don't understand God's grace. Now, I'm not saying you don't have moments, but as a whole, if that's how we live, we don't understand God's grace. That's why I believe this morning, and we're all at different places, and God is going to tailor make this for each of you. But I just believe in this next journey of his fullness, we receive grace upon grace. There's no limit to it, brothers and sisters. There is, it's, it's just whether we'll access it and receive it and walk in it and speak truth. It's an incredibly empowering place. And God is able to make all grace abound, that always have an all-sufficiency. In everything, you have an abundance for every good deed. That's a lot of alwayses. That's a lot of stuff. I love that. That's in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able, not that he, not that, well, maybe he will. No, he is able to make all grace abound, that always have an all-sufficiency in everything, will have an abundance for every good deed, for everything you face this, this today, for everything you face this week. This week. God, your grace, your, your grace, you're going before me. Lord, I let go, and I, I, I let go, and I walk in, in grace and obedience to you. And he says, I'm gonna, I want to pour out my grace upon you. I am able to make all grace abound. And then in Hebrews 12, 15, he says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble, and by it many are defiled. I know Larry used to often preach of this years ago. If we fall short of the grace of God, if we fall short of understanding the grace of God, if we're just trying things on our, effort, on our own effort and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of that tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there's good to it but it's our own self-efforts. We want, we want to do it our own way. But the tree of life, we say, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. You live in and through me. I'm, I'm the branch. I'm, I'm attached to you. And you bear, you're going to bear fruit through me wherever I go. I take you with me to school, to work, to wherever I go, to the movies. The, the, pow the power of Christ is within me. And we walk in that place. But when we fall short of that, when we do not see that from the perspective of, of God's working in our lives, 
We look at people through our own wounds and we start judging and we get jealous and we compare and roots of bitterness come up in us. And I, we, could, we could do a whole message on this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that you don't fall short of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness. That's why we take offenses, because <laughs> we don't understand the grace of God. We're falling short of the grace of God. And we take offenses, and God knows the church has too much offenses right now. The body of Christ needs to come in union with Christ to allow him to flow through them so the offenses we receive grace so the offenses are not taken over in our lives. See to it that you don't fall short. Let, don't let that bitterness rise up because it will defile us and it will defile others. And in closing here, let your speech be with grace. Season it with grace. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. Brothers and sisters, if we will season our speech with grace... And that's, I'm not saying about using, I'm not talking about sloppy agape. I'm not talking about you're always saying nice things to each other. Sorry, Katrina, I see you laughing over there. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not saying, you know, that we, don't, that we don't have to speak things that are corrected. But I'm telling you, if it's seasoned with grace, when someone leaves us, and we even have to give them a corrected word, they will leave with a sense of, God's at work in my life. God's at work in my life. I can do this. Even if it's a corrected word. And there'll be no condemnation. Because we will have given them grace, even in the correction. And I think sometimes, did I give my children, Katrina, did I give you enough of, <laughs> of grace when I, when, I, when, I, when I, you know, even in, in, in correction and stuff, that, that there was a sense of hope. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. Ask the Holy Spirit this week, Lord, show me how I can see my speech seasoned with grace as I talk to people. And I tell you, it's a powerful thing. So we're going to going to receive an impartation. I'm not going to have you come up front. I want you to be alone with God <laughs> right there at your seat. And we're going to receive. It didn't say strive to get to it. It says just receive of, of his fullness. Of his fullness. Oh my goodness, of his fullness. We receive grace upon grace. Right, Tracy? Grace upon grace. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to close with this. And I'm going to ask you to just stand right at your seat. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit. And Larry, if you have anything that you'd want to share or anything, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do incredible work because he is here. The foundation of his word is here. And there, I believe this, you as individuals and as a body here, as a church family, you're going to experience grace in a way you've never done before. I'm believing that. I don't even know what that all means. <laughs> but we're going to receive it. We're going to receive that. And so this, whatever posture you need to do, this is, a, you, it's, it, live, live from here, guys. You know, he is on the throne, and we come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help to time of need. But we live from here because the kingdom is within us, because Christ is within us. So we live from here. When we sit with him in the mornings in our hyper we live from this place. Thank you, Lord. You're here. Your spirit is here. It's within me. Wherever we go, learn to live from that place of Christ in you. And so whatever posture your body needs right now, whether you want to knee or whether you want to raise your hands to the Lord or whether you want to lay flat on the floor, I don't care. 
I, all, I, all I know that desire is God. God is yearning. He's massaging our hearts right now. He's just drawing us to himself. And he's just saying, oh, of my fullness, I want to pour out grace. Will you receive it? This divine power to walk in a place of freedom from, from self-promotion and self-reliance and striving and performance. So let's receive Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. He's at work. He lives within you. He's here amidst, he's walking through this room. His spirit is hovering, and it's, it's within us, but it's also hovering over us. And he's saying, will you let go? Will you receive my grace to live, not on your own strength, but to breathe in my grace, my divine power, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, my goodness, it sets us so free, brothers and sisters. So, Holy Spirit, thank you for this work. We know, and I just feel the Lord saying, I'm not missing one person. None of you are invisible. None of you are invisible. I just sense he's saying, oh, I'm not missing one person. But it's up to us to open our hearts and receive. Receive grace. Receive his love, his divine favor on your life. Oh, but I'm, oh, but you don't know what I'm like, Lamar. No, receive his favor. You're his child. Holy Spirit, thank you for your work here in these moments. And we know it's a journey, Lord. We know this is just the start of a credible journey for all of us. That in the days ahead, we will live in grace. Be our whole lives will permeate grace. Our speech will be with grace. We will walk in grace. We'll be filled with grace on this journey because you're at work in our lives. You, you said that you're always at work. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this work. Grace in your marriages. Grace in your singleness. Grace at your work and your jobs. You see, I think if we, if we walk in this place of grace and, and, and in this presence of God in us, then we can, wherever we go, we can watch sports today. We can go to work. And, you know, I, I just sense these, that, we, that things can't become idols to us then <laughs> because they, don't, they have no hold on us. We can enjoy it. We can jump around and have fun, but it has no hold. This stuff of the world doesn't have hold of us because we're walking in grace. And Christ is within us, and we're surrendered to him within us. So, Lord, I thank you for this work you're doing. We, we just love you, Lord. Just, just rest in that. Rest in his love. No striving. If you find yourself striving, let go. His grace. There's no striving in his grace. There's a receiving. Just let go. Take a deep breath and allow his presence, his love to flow through you. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're grateful that you're such a good, faithful God. We surrender to you, Lord. We acknowledge you as the Holy One. We acknowledge that you are a friend. You're stick closer, closer than a brother. You sit on the throne room of, of, next to the Father, Jesus, but yet you live in our hearts. We're, we're overwhelmed, Lord. We, we stand in awe of that. We surrender, we let go, 
They say, yes, Lord. No more self-efforts. Christ in you, flowing through you. In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.